Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc this podcast is a member of the voices of wrestling podcasting network visit voices of to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins along with Chris Novembrino. Chris, sad news in the world of comedy. Uh, earlier today, the great. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't pull off that bit. Um, Gallagher I, died. I got. I got a story about that. Oh, do you? Okay, because yes. I. I kind of. Gallagher's weird, man, because it's one of those things like when. I was a very young comic. There, there was this, there's this pushback against guys like Gallagher and Carrot Top, and, and you know the 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 pure comedians, you know, who all were like, man, those guys are just sellouts, blah 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 blah. And then all those guys to a man, Pat Oswalt, uh, David Cross, all those guys, all eventually sold out. So I always find the discourse around such things. Um, interesting i i guess i i don't i don't i don't begrudge gallagher anymore for having a gimmick and going full bore on it i don't begrudge those types of comedians anymore because it's like dude just make your money get paid and if people love you great but it's like it's like slacking on a or slagging on a one-hit wonder because nobody else they didn't have another hit i'm like dude they had one more hit than i did i guess that's a good thing but i mean yeah, I, I, 
as I get older, I don't understand the Gallagher hate so much as, okay, you don't enjoy his stuff, but actively working against it always now seems weird to me. Okay, so I do understand the Gallagher hate, and okay. I guess I'll make the case for it. Please do. In comedy uh, because i haven't talking... wa- i haven't watched let's let me let me state something else i haven't watched a gallagher special in almost 30 years so i don't <laughs> so i guess maybe part of it is that i am of the age where gallagher specials were heavily played on comedy central oh, and okay i saw a lot of them so i definitely have opinions on the the content of gallagher um in, in terms of art value so I heard what you were saying about, you know, I can't begrudge anyone for making money. And I think, you know, generally speaking, you and I are like, you know, hey, people got to get paid. We don't want anyone to starve or whatever. I think that's a good value to have. But I think you can also say in the same way with music, like I don't want anyone to starve. And if people can be successful as a musician, hey, that's great. I will say that you can acknowledge someone's financial success and also say at the same time that there's basically no art value to their content. And I'll go one step further with Gallagher in putting a point on the no art value thing. You and I were talking last week about comedy and how like comedy, this is off air, how comedy sort of divides into comedians who have a great delivery and comedians who have great material. Yes. And the truly great comedians are actually good at both. Your George Carlin's, your Norm Macdonald's, these sorts of people. Great jokes, great deliveries, Letterman. Um, it, like, it's the combination of the two. I don't feel, and I, and I guess I get why a lot of comedians also feel this way too. I don't feel that prop comedy falls into the category of either great material or great delivery. You're outsourcing the delivery to an object and the material is the object and the material is usually flat. It's not even something you can have a repeat chuckle on on the way home. It's not even a joke you'd want to dust off at a bar and try to tell your friend or be like, hey, I saw Gallagher last week. How was it? I got wet. That's that's what you would tell your friend. Like like that that's the the Gallagher experience. Um well, now my, I, okay, Oh okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I, oh, I was, I was gonna, I was going to say I think my issue is that people look at a guy like Gallagher and go, "Well, he has no artistic value. Therefore, he doesn't deserve to have any money either." And I think that's where I you know, it's like I, I was thinking about this while you're talking. I'm like, well, a lot of people feel very strongly about the concept of meritocracy. Who, who is think, the wrestling yeah. equivalent of Gallagher? And you got to go with the Miz here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Santino Morella. San, well, no, Santino at least made you laugh occasionally. That's true. That's true. That's uh, what Gallagher ever did. Yeah. Now, now, as to my own weird Gallagher story, years ago, I had a band. And we were playing at a venue out in Louisville called Hat Tricks. And we played there, had a really good set that night. Uh, we were playing with a guy named Olu Bliss uh, during sound check. Me and the band were just warming up. And like, we kind of just like settled into some riffs that I had been writing and like kind of actually got the whole house engaged and everything. Ended up playing a great show, a lot of fun. I remember looking on the wall and going, Oh, who's playing? Who's here next week? And it was Gallagher. And <laughs> that next week, Gallagher played there, and that's where he had his heart attack. Oh, oh, oh yeah, in 2012 or 11. Yep, right? yep. Yeah. 
yeah, that's that's where he had his heart attack. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like, opened I opened for Carrot Top at you when I was in college. <laughs> that dude's a chick magnet, though. At the time, I, I feel like I feel like the difference too between Gallagher and Carrot Top is that by most reports, Carrot Top seems to be a pretty decent guy, and by most reports, Gallagher was not. Yeah. I wonder if there were like Gallagher groupies, like there were Carrot Top groupies back at his peak. Who knows? Probably. He Bring pro- the sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, y'all remember the 60s? <laughs> yeah, take out the suspenders, please. Uh, it is a light news week, and you can tell because... <laughs> we just did seven minutes on Gallagher. We just did seven minutes on Gallagher. And I'm opening the thing with Nick Aldis was suspended by the NWA and will be off the November 12th pay-per-view show after he gave notice on November 2nd. The way his contract was structured, he had to give notice 60 days before leaving, which he did. And now we've gotten into a battle of media between him and Corgan on various sites as if anybody really cares all that much but that's how i felt when i saw the joe galley tweet where he's like this is not an angle i'm like you wish it was you wish anyone cared enough yes and uh yeah we might be seeing towards the end of of the nwa because i mean they've already been in the news for what corrigan and uh uh trevor murdoch said about the having a second empower uh pay-per-view and not having enough quality talent to pull that off did not go over well in the internet wrestling community i am not going to argue whether or not there are merits to the argument or not but following up according to fightful former tna knockouts champion taryn terrell formerly known as tiffany in wwe has also revealed that she has handed her notice to the nwa report noted that terrell and similar circumstances to all this had grown frustrated with the promotion particularly with the lack of direction in the show i haven't watched nwa since we were covering it uh, on here and i think i think we lasted up until the pandemic i mean we, we we got a bit far with the question mark type uh with that angle after cornet got fired and it was you know but it's it's just there to exist but i've always found nick aldis interesting because that guy looks like a wrestling champion and has since he was in his early 20s in tna and has never gotten a shot at at really big time wrestling for whatever reason or not. And you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where you look around, and you go, well, if 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 he hasn't had the shot yet, and everybody says he looks like a million bucks, you can pretty much assume what the problem probably is. Um, although who knows in our day and age? Because I know that Dave used to just go, well, he can't. He's not as good a worker as other guys. I'm like, I don't know if that matters. He can promo and he looks like a champion. I mean, he's always, he's always been okay in big matches. I wouldn't say he knocks me up over with a feather, but I've never looked at him and go, man, he stinks. But now that Cody has some say in, in the, this new WWE thing, do you think at 36 after 12 to 13 years in the spotlight that uh, Nick Aldis might be WWE bound Chris? Or, or do you think AEW? I mean, AEW had him on for a show, I believe, or he was part of that all. He was part of All In. Never mind. If I'm all this, I think I'd rather be in. I mean, obviously, there's a money consideration. I'm just talking about booking patterns. 
I feel like all this would probably be a better slot into AEW's top of card picture than into WWE's top of card picture. And if I'm all this, um, obviously, again, money considerations. But if I'm all this, I'm thinking if I go to WWE, I end up in the intercontinental picture fairly quickly rather than the main event picture. That They're not going to look at me as a Roman Reigns top guy sort of person or the type of person to well, here, here's the downside. the Reigns and the Brock Lesnar's of the world. Yeah, here's the downside of AEW. Number one, known quantity to the, to the AEW type of fan. Number two, his biggest, uh, his biggest proponent, backstage jeff jarrett so <laughs> i mean he could come in with the jarrett types and do that and he'd get heel heat but it also he wouldn't get star heat you know what i'm saying no i i know i i think he'd get over the reason i said aew is just that in my head as i'm like looking at who he'd be going up against at the top of the card mjf versus aldis as a feud has some real intrigue uh, especially if you if you end up going with a babyface MJF, uh, I, I I could get into that because all this is a good promo, yeah, and he would actually kind of like be able to be a little bit bigger than MJF and allow MJF to sort of work as the underdog and him to work as the bigger heel, um, veteran heel. Whereas I think in WWE his his challenge is just going to be being the undersized heel trying to, you know, get into the top of the card. Yeah, I, I could see a fresh coat of paint on him in WWE, though. That, that's the thing that WWE does well, or used to do well, is they well, used yeah, to yeah, take a guys... A fresh coat of paint is like Mr. Gentleman or something. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, look, I know we... we <laughs> I know that's kind of derogatory, but at the same time, it's also true. WWE is what where, you know, territory guys used to go, and sometimes they'd hit Scott Hall with Razor Ramon, for example. Scott Hall was nothing. In the AWA. I mean, he was a tag champ with Kurt Hennig, but he wasn't, he was always the guy with potential. He was always the guy, oh, look at him. Look at his body. Look, he's so great. You know, he's jacked up. But nobody could put it together until they got Razor Ramon. I mean, I'm not saying, look, and Vince is no longer in charge, so maybe this isn't, maybe Hunter doesn't have that kind of creative mind. But if I were all this, I might just want to go where I'm not as well known and possibly reinvent myself versus AEW where I'm a known quantity and those fans are going to crap on me because they're like, well, he's not as good as so-and-so from Japan or whatever. Yeah. You, AEW, I'd basically say I need a good contract and a booking guarantee. Whereas yeah. WWE, you're going to get the money and you just sort of take your chances and see if maybe you can, connect with a repackage yes yeah, <laughs> I, I mean i just i you know look for every razor ramon there is a gunter yes well there I is mean, a there's a butch <laughs> i thought you're gonna go worse like you're gonna go there's a tl hopper or there's a <laughs> there's a you know they could a give red him like rooster a, yes they could give him a stuffed teddy bear and say get that over and we'll see how he does but yeah i i, I get that i get your thought um the only other real news note was something from the observer this week which i found interesting is that as things stand right now there will be a number of independent shows over wrestlemania week based out of the globe theater the home of pwg as noted pwg is not one of the groups that will 
would be running, although they have been asked, but don't want to be a part of it at last word. That is that is very on brand with PWG. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro is one of the promotions that is in talks of running a show there. I'm telling all of you this now. If you come out for LA WrestleMania, add at least 45 minutes to whatever Google Maps tells you. Uh, the Globe Theater, not in the best of locations, but at least there's a parking garage there. And it is far more um, accessible to the st- anything at the Staples Center. Or I'm sorry, crypto... <laughs> possibly the soon to be formerly cryptocurrency.com arena <laughs> i'm sorry I just... it's still funny a week later it's still funny a week later isn't it it's still funny oh goodness um rather than say anything at sofi or whatever so if you're making your plans if you stay in downtown la which is a garbage dump in my opinion and probably too overpriced you'll be fine for shows at the globe and at, um, at, at crypto at the crypt (laughs) (laughs) the Um, (laughs) versus SoFi. Um, SoFi is in Inglewood. Inglewood ain't ain't charm city either. Uh, you know, you might want to take your chances on mass transit if you wanted to do that universal city, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting that they may decide to start running a bunch of indie shows again for this WrestleMania. Now that things have opened up, I was kind of interested to see if AEW would counter program. They're not gonna because they're too big now to do that, and that would that would really be slumming. But um, yeah, you'll you'll have uh, you'll probably have GCW at the uh, Armenian uh, Cultural Center some more, and price. So, so Pomona's been a big thing, and let me tell you all something about this. Pomona's about a forty minute drive outside of LA. <laughs> it's yeah. So uh, anyways, I don't think you have any opinion on that, Chris. That's just something I wanted to add. No, no. Uh, Other than it'd be really fun to make a podcast called Tales from the Crypto. (laughs) That's all about events that occur. It's coming after this week. Good Lord. I I apologize for all the pension funds that had crypto. Like, oh, my God. Uh, Yes. Join Chris and I for stock talk later. We'll, We'll talk about that. Uh, coming to goings, uh, really not a lot other than Mia Yim back on WWE television, aligning herself with the OC of AJ Styles, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I, you know, I'm not a giant Mia Yim, uh, I won't say fanboy, but I, I do like her and anybody who doubts her, t- I like this kind of tough edge to her because, her NXT run, that that ladder match before that War Games, she is she is tough. She is rough and tumble. I like this version of her versus, say, technical wrestler Mia Yim. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we'll we'll see how this plays out. But so far, the way Judgment Day's been presented in the Hunter regime has just been leaps and bounds. It's been. We'll talk about some of the bad stuff on this show. Oh boy, will we talk about some of the bad stuff? But I, I generally don't feel like Judgment Day is a bad thing. Is the Bullet Club with Mia Yim the most exciting opposition force? Eh. Is it the most ex- exciting pairing? Eh. But I do like Mia Yim in this character. Yes, like Mia Yim versus Rhea Ripley is a fresh match. I can it's get a into solid that match. Yeah, it's, it's a, a solid, solid match. match. Yeah, it's a solid match. Yeah. And and if it's like a if it's a no holds barred thing, if uh, reported on 
the television this week is that War Games is back to being five on five, which I am all for. Uh, by the way, they may just replay an angle where Mia Yim joins the baby faces here because I think I think Rhea Ripley is going to be the fifth member of the heel team because they were playing up Rhea versus Bianca later. So I think she's going to be added. Um, I don't think there's going to be a huge surprise to anyone who, who's in the know that the last two members of the babyface team are probably going to be Sasha Banks and Naomi. I mean, it's in Boston. It would knock me over with a feather if, if Sasha did not come back for war games in Boston to a big pop as a surprise. And maybe Mia Yim is kind of the red herring there where she were much like <laughs> the greatest heel turn ever in NXT for the, to, to, to set up the Dakota Kai thing that Mia Yim gets jumped and taken out in order to bring back Sasha and Naomi. I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't have any further thoughts. <laughs> that's that's all I have for the news section, Chris. It's time for our sponsors at HelloFresh. All right, people. You and I love to talk about HelloFresh every week. And, well, not every week. Often. We don't talk about it enough is how I feel sometimes. I feel like we don't talk enough. I feel like we don't connect. Something wrong? Something you need to share? I have something I need to share with you. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Subscribe to HelloFresh and check save money off of your fall to-do list. HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping. Two, time to cozy up and save money by cooking at home. Fall is the perfect time to experience the delicious taste and unparalleled convenience of HelloFresh. Jeff? Do you remember the time we had HelloFresh? Yes. Me too. I miss that. Send product now. Please. <laughs> Transmit Cromer. Transmit Cromer. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW65 and use code VOW65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I know I've said that in confusing ways in the past, but not this week. This week, you <laughs> understand what's going on. 65% off is what's going on, plus free shipping. Can't get 65% off of free. Come on. That's crazy. Let's repeat the offer. You want to repeat the offer? I'm going to repeat the offer to you. You go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW65 and you use the code VOW65. Some people say VOW65. I don't. I wouldn't. That's not me. But if you use that, you'll get 65% off plus free shipping. Hello, Fresh. America's number one meal kit. Hey, you nailed the you nailed the dismount on that one. Yeah. We'd like to thank Hello Fresh for sponsoring us all year. Been a lot of fun. Send now, food. The lazy river of wrestling criticism. Anything we watched this week, past or present, anything that crossed our mind? Perhaps we'll have more Gallagher talk. I don't think we will, but nevertheless, goes here. Ice cold takes 
on Crown Jewel. I've got bad news for WWE haters. This is a pretty good show. A pretty good fun, a pretty good fun show, too. I have even more bad news for WWE haters. Logan Paul's a damn good wrestler. He's good, right? Yes, and he's a bigger star than a lot of your favorites. Want to know why? Because you don't see him every week. Because he's a special attraction. And when he's a special attraction, they bring him in and he does great things. Things that things that blow your mind for a guy who doesn't wrestle a lot. And, what and I therefore he's about, special. What I think about with him too is they're not even presenting him the best way yet. No. They're that, fighting, there, the, there cur- is, they're fighting yeah, the current on they're him. They're going upstream in this still works. That match versus Roman was better than it had any right to be. I hate to tell you that. I do. Because I know they're, because, boy, you, I was on Twitter, Chris, during this thing. I don't want to like this guy. I, I nobody wants to like this I, guy. Like, I'm not rooting for this man's success, but it's hard to deny what I'm watching. Chris, he is one of my favorite people to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dead honest here. I don't particularly care for his antics on social media. I think he and his brother are, are uncontrollable fame whores. Get paid. Good for you. Not my favorite people in the world. But if he's on screen in a match and in a match with stakes, I'm watching the damn match. And I'd much rather watch him because you know that the match has stakes to it as opposed to all these other builds that don't. And, oh, well, it was a, you know, well, work three and a half star match, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I want stakes. I want a little bit of heat. And I just, and I just you know... <laughs> The other thing that blows you away is that this is a guy who doesn't have to go to these links to entertain. He is a multi multi-millionaire many times over and he's doing this. He's doing it for clicks. Let's not, let's not, let's not uh, bury the lead here, but he's doing it because he enjoy, he had, you have to enjoy it in some way in order to put on these kinds of performances. And look, I know, I know people get a little, uh, sand in their shorts when you say things like rookie of the year because there's some guy in a Japanese promotion or whatever who's killing it right now. I get that. There's also Hook if you wanted to go that far. But, and he's going to be out for a while because he got injured. It looks like he uh, hurt either his MCL or tore his ACL or something. So that's a knee injury. That's going to be a while. We'll see if he's able to come back for WrestleMania. But Logan Paul's pretty good. Deal with it. Did I lose you, Chris? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I, no, no, I, I just, I, I got nothing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, concur, I concurred with I, you I, already. I, I, I know. I'm, this is not Gallagher. I have no rebuttal. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the, the two, the other two matches I thought were really good were both the women's matches. I thought it was absurd that they took the tag titles off of damage control just to put them back on here at crown jewel. But I guess they wanted a title change here. I can understand it in some ways. But the match itself was very, very good. Um, especially, of course, EO Sky. Um, and and yeah, I, I thought, and Asuka, they both, they have great chemistry together. Just a great piece of business on Monday Night Raw. If you have not seen the translated version of that promo, and what have we said here for years, Chris, if you have foreign actors, let them cut the promos in their native language because you get the general gist of the promo without understanding a word they said. 
and they had a great piece of business on Monday Night Raw. And of course, the uh, the false count anywhere match between Bailey and 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 Bianca, look, Aunt Pam is fantastic. She's gonna make you look like a million bucks. Story of the match was a little ridiculous with the with the way that she was trapped under the ladder. Don't get me wrong. They do this. They overtell stories. But uh, Aunt Pam's a damn good wrestler, even though she's not at 100%. I think that, like, seeing this translated segment between EO and Asuka, you get so much more value out of these stars by offering translations at the bottom. Well, of the WWE screen. did not offer the translation. That was no, somebody I else. No, I know. Them. Someone yeah. else put them there. I, and, and I'm just seeing it. And watching it again as we talk here, it's like, wow, you would love... I'm with you that, like, you sort of get it when they speak in their native tongue and, and you get the vibe or whatever. Especially if you have a general sense of what they're going to say anyways. Put up translations on the screen. Like, <laughs> f- no, find a stylized... H- hire, to- some, hire somebody who knows Japanese who can write write it in real time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, well, you you could do it, in, or you, you can could, script it. I mean, you know. Yeah, always... right. No, that's what I mean. Script it. Yeah, script yeah. it. I mean, and even if they freelance a little off of what the script is, at least now you're offering better characterization for people at home. There's gonna be a lot of talk about promos for me this week, so uh, get ready for that. But Chris, it's your turn. Okay. Um, I. Are we gonna go to that we, place? We we have to. Okay, I, I, it's like my brain can't really think about anything. Else. Chris and I, before we went to air, watched the uh, Austin Theory cash in together. So that's what we're talking about, and I guess we're gonna go there now. Floor yeah, is yours, sir. Yeah, dear listeners, uh, I, I wish we had captured some of this audio beforehand because th- 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 this this segment kind of broke me. <laughs> I don't really know how to capture where my emotions were at. Let, let me recap the segment for those of you who didn't see it. So Seth Rollins comes out and he issues an open challenge. Cuts and a baby face promo about being there 10 years too. Yeah. Cuts a baby face promo about being there 10 years. They're, they're chanting his name. He's singing a song. Thank you, Seth. All of this sort of thing. Nice job making all this money, Seth. And then Mustafa Ali, who is a face, but like now is like in this weird no man's land position of going up against Seth Rollins is all like, I'm going to get that title off of you, Seth Rollins. You've been a real jerk to me. And people are like, we love Seth Rollins. And so no one cares about Mustafa Ali, but it doesn't really matter because Mustafa Ali gets jumped by Bobby Lashley, who is now a heel suddenly. Uh, even though like the whole reason he's a heel doesn't make a ton of sense, but whatever, let's go with it. And he's all <laughs> like, I'm going to murder you, Seth Rollins. You're the reason I don't have the belt because you were a heel and you screwed me over. Cause I was a face and Seth Rollins is like, ha, 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 ha. everyone's like, yeah, good job. Seth Rollins. You totally screwed this guy over. Like, like the, the morality <laughs> here is, is, is deeply, deeply asinine. Uh, and so now Bobby Lashley makes his way down to the ring. And he's getting ready to have his match against Seth Rollins. And before the match begins, but let let, let us also remind ourselves that there was an open challenge here issued by Seth Rollins, which sort of implies that, like, I am ready for whoever's coming my way. Before this match begins, Bobby Lashley, quote-unquote, cheap shots Seth Rollins during his open challenge and starts beating the crap out of Seth Rollins rather mercilessly outside the ring. He obliterates him. Um, And then officials come out 
to stop the open challenge because Bobby Lashley has violated the spirit of competition or something. I don't really know. <laughs> Who knows? Nobody really knows. It's one of the spirits that visits Ebenezer Scrooge during a Christmas carol, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Generosity, goodwill <laughs> towards old men, and then competition. And competition, uh, yeah. Honorable competition. Yeah, the ghost yeah. of Christmas competition, yes. Yeah, 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 with, with like Olympic medals. Yeah, it's the ghost of the Winter Games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Bobby Lashley gets pulled away somewhat, not entirely, despite the myriad of officials. This is important because the blocking needs to make no sense for later on. And out comes... Austin Theory and Austin Theory decides that he is going to cash in his money in the bank contract, which is good for a title shot for any title, uh, mind you. And he's going to do it during Seth Rollins's open challenge. As long as he has time during a commercial break to think about this first. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and, and mind you, if he had just thought about coming out to answer the open challenge, he could have had a title shot mere minutes yes. ago. But yes. like, 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 the, the, he didn't actually even need to give up the briefcase for this title shot, you can sort of explain this away by saying, oh, well, you know, he's a heel. He needs to take the easiest way to get to the United States title possible because he's not only dastardly, he's also stupid. And I guess that's something to work with. I guess. I guess that's what we're working with the theory because theory cashes in. He's not able to put away an obliterated Seth Rollins. Um, one thing, the only good thing I can say about this segment is Bobby Lashley's offense, uh, particularly if you watch it slightly increased speeds, like 1.12 or 1.25, looks just absolutely devastating. It's a real delight to watch. But he's like the dominant one. He's the one sort of moving all the pieces around in this segment. Theory is trying to pin Seth Rollins. Can't get the win on Seth Rollins, even with Rollins obliterated. Can't win on A-Town down. Or when he's about to win on A-Town down, Bobby Lashley interrupts the match. Uh, pulls the referee out, which doesn't get the match thrown out, which is weird. Uh, like it, the match still continues despite the interference. Um, and then Lashley obliterates Austin Theory, and then Seth Rollins pins Austin Theory, and that's the end of Austin Theory as the Money in the Bank holder. This is this is just an absolutely horrible Money in the Bank cash-in. It it has to be. The worst one. Next, it, it, to, next to Damian Sandow's, maybe. No, no, no. I, I, I knew you <laughs> wow. were going to go there, Jeffrey. I know you. I know how you think. You're going to say, ah, the Sandow one. Yeah? Eh? No, because you know what <laughs> Sandow did? He actually cashed in for the real title. Yes. They're, they're... And he actually had a decent match against John Cena in that match. No, he did not win it. But, like, there are some points of legitimate intensity and, like, real fire during that match. It was enjoyable. Um, there was nothing enjoyable about Theory's performance here. It <laughs> he was gets, stupid. He gets the goal was stupid. The writing was stupid. Yes. He gets destroyed by Lashley. And they don't count him out. He beats the time count just to get curb stopped. <laughs> Damian Sandow was an absolutely fine character that they mismanaged. Yes, Austin that... Theory is not a good character. He was overpushed. This shouldn't have happened in the first place. And it's a silly. They, they would have been better off having him lose it in court like Otis. There, there's a story to be told here. They just didn't tell it. And and 
it's also partially due to probably the regime change behind the scenes, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you do this. You, you have theory basically inserted into this Money in the Bank match in the first place. Because you remember, Vince came out and allowed Austin Theory to be put into this match, which he then won. Okay, so we have established that the world title is pretty much the only title that matters in this company for the last 15 years because we've so decimated these mid-card titles and these tag titles that they don't matter. We don't we don't prop up any... We don't say kayfabe, hey, you win m- more money if you're the United States champion. We don't say you're the number one contender to the world title if you hold the secondary title as a single star. You, they have done nothing for these titles. But the one thing that would matter to Austin Theory is that this is the first title he won. So you could use that as as a way of, of justifying why he would cash in for this title. You could also say, oh my God, Roman Reigns is such a powerful champion. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get the chance to beat him at any time when he's weakest because the bloodline's around protecting him. I may have, and my time is running out because I have to defend this before the next Money in the Bank, whenever that is in July. Maybe it would be strategic of me to just go after a belt that's not the world title. You could tell that story too. I think that would have been a fine story to tell, especially backstage, where Theory starts realizing slowly that he's outclassed by people. That, like, he can't deal with the Brock Lesnar's. And he is the quote-unquote youngest U.S. champion ever or whatever, but that being young, he really isn't that good just yet. Yes, exactly. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think, and this realization of, okay, I have this briefcase, but what do I what do I do with it realizing that I'm not good enough to go up against the bloodline? That would have been a very interesting story to tell. Especially since he made uh, overtures towards the bloodline that he was going to cash in on Roman Reigns at some point. Yes, it would be a great thing to do. Or you could have just had him go to court against Otis. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, getting my briefcase back. Yeah, and then, and then just the way that this match was structured, it's like, why is Bobby Lashley this upset about the U.S. title? He's upset about Brock. He's not upset oh, about Oh, I forgot. The best part about the Bobby Lashley promo, I glossed over it, is the part where he opens up with, I kicked Brock's ass on Sunday. Like, no, you didn't. You lost. <laughs> you lost. You lost. Luke. You, yeah, you, you got rolled up. <laughs> I had a moral moral victory against Brock Lesnar. I didn't get F5'd. Yeah, like, oh, good. Nice. I never tapped. Okay. I came close to winning. (laughs) It wasn't an embarrassing blowout. Like, okay. Okay, Bobby. It's it's like in politics when you're either a a deep red or deep blue, and then you put up a person you really like. Oh, he didn't lose as badly. He got 38% of the vote. Yeah, but that's usually plus 60. <laughs> I just, I the logic here, we just, we need, we need somebody in there going, okay, tell me the story you want to tell. Okay, here's why that story doesn't work. 
and they don't do this. They just go, well, this is creative, and we'll put it on national TV, and we wonder why our numbers are going down. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go um, kind of quick and then in detail as we go along here, but it was it was a heavy promo week on the shows. We just went over the EO Oscar one. Uh, good promos. MJF was outstanding, and I loved the uh, framing of it as being taped on the uh, Pardon That Take podcast type thing. It's 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 more of that kind of thing that they did with 60 Minutes last week um, with the Byron thing. It, it's just a creative presentation of how to do a story, and I, I, I appreciate that for what it is, and MJF is, of course, spectacular. Uh, the Xavier Woods had a great promo, I thought, on Raw, because... Xavier Woods is, is is a guy who has outkicked his coverage. That is a guy in the Vince era who would have been cut if they hadn't have come up with the New Day and if they hadn't eventually of because originally the New Day failed as well when they were doing the uh um we're not gonna be your stereotypical black wrestler type of 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 gimmick where it was kind of like they were angry as opposed to playful. Uh, but even before like the <laughs> I, I just remember when they did the original uh church choir promos <laughs> we all just went oh god this is gonna die a death because it's so stereotypical well we were wrong about that and now the new day is multi-multi-millionaires many times over but i thought xavier woods especially had a nice fiery promo about his history and stuff like that man i loved woods's promo it just made me really sad to not have big e there yes it, it, you just you felt that thing missing but woods is great here he, he was really, really strong here. I, I, I just thought that, like, this is a fun exchange between them and the Usos. They have a lot of history. I, I thought Kofi, for his part, was also really good. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I like the New Day a lot. I feel like they have not been particularly utilized, not necessarily utilized poorly, just not utilized much in the new regime, and I think that that should change. Moxley, solid promo. I would have much rather it not been in front of a crowd because it was a quiet promo, and I don't like but they at least potted down the audience during that thing. That was pretty good. Bad promos, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Don't wind me up, you know, just doing the whole, oh, we're actually in a television show and he's going to pick on the PAs or whatever. It's like, oh, God, oh and don't wind me up. And it just like it, it sat in with me. You know, normally he has his catchphrases and Jeff Jarrett does the same catchphrases. And his original catchphrase uh, they put on a t-shirt was, don't piss me off. Yes. <laughs> and they can't say that i guess now or they try to play coy on the swear words well a little i bit don't i don't know because because oh another pretty solid one even though it was short was the stokely hathaway uh taped promo from i guess i think it was new york city where they where it's like, <laughs> you're guilty of dick writing without a license i and, i and Chris, i am i am so happy that dick writing requires certification now that it takes training <laughs> that we're using union <laughs> writing. There's like a lot of weird 3D chess stuff going on with some of these promos. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like Moxley doing the promo and you see Regal making the weird grimaces and the faces. And I, I just like, it, it, it feels like we're, we're all a beat ahead of this. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, uh, and, and that's unfortunate because, like, I think I think maybe the key to you know great success with this story is it really it, it's like you know the, the high century, yeah, play, it, play straight. it straight, yeah, and make make the knife feel really really brutal when it goes in the back. Yeah, 
I mean, I still think there's a chance that the firm is, I mean, that, that they're going to get turned on by MJF and it's all going to be part of the master plan. But right now it just feels like, oh God, they're really playing up this, that the firm is in on it type thing. Um, Then we get to the Soraya promo. <laughs> this, this was, this is bad. And there, there's no other way to put because of the, not because of the delivery. The delivery was great. The material was piss poor and it, and it actually did more to harm this women's division that needs all the help it can get. Now, let me put it this way. If she had just stopped the promo as, as um, this is bad news for Brit, that, that part of it, cut it off. Great. And now we're, we have mystery going in there, but she kept talking. And what happened was what happened in, oh, let's say, impact wrestling for a number of years when a wwe star would come in there and start talking she buried the women's division she came in there and she said that uh tony that not that tony Storm, that that Britt baker didn't deserve to be where she is because tony just put her there because they were friends which is false she came in there and said that that the only people Brit had beat were all of QT Marshall's students. That was false. She's beaten some very talented women in that division. And then she goes on to basically say that she was a much bigger star <laughs> in WWE because she, oh, she got to play the sold-out O2 Arena and Madison Square Garden. And now she's here at Boston University's 2600 <laughs> Student Complex facing... Britt Baker when what she should have done is basically instead of trying to tear down Britt Baker you do the opposite you do what Flair used to do with Dusty and the rest and the Road Warriors and the rest of those guys before kind of needling them you build them up you say that they are here because they are the best talent in the world and I came here to fight the best you know you, you can lay it on a little thick if you want to and then kind of be snarky about it but but if she had built up this women's division and how Brit was one of the top stars in it, it would have gone a lot better, especially with the crowd who sensed that Soraya was dumping on this women's division as, as, oh, you say this is your house, this is my house, and Brit even brings it up in her part of the promo. <laughs> I Chris, this, this thing was... I don't understand. I don't know how you can go on with Soraya as the baby face and Brit as the heel in this in this feud anymore. Yeah, uh, before the show, I said, once again, Britt Baker gets over on her competition as the heel. And I don't think that that's even malice on Baker's part in this case. I think that the content that Soraya showed up with was either not emotionally, uh, it's not something you can really emotionally connect with, with the, on any deep level, or opened up the door for very easy rebuttals from Britt Baker. Yes, because you, you didn't because, lay a brick. You say get, this is your house. You didn't lay a brick. It's yeah. true. True. Uh, the other, the, I was going to, I was going to, that, that's even stronger one than mine where she, <laughs> Surya looks at her and goes, you didn't earn your place in here. Tony gave it to you. Meanwhile, I've been on TV for 30 years, wrestling professionally for 16. You want to know why? Because her mom and dad were both wrestlers and involved with it. She was the one given a spot on television. It was just it was mind boggling that everything that she was saying was basically easily disproven. It was, it's, I, 
I don't understand how somebody didn't go over line by line with this promo and say, no, let, let's think of a different tack to take. Yeah, I, I just, how do you, how do you get Soraya to click is my thing. I feel like it's a, you know, the, the whole problem with this up front has been, it's been more of a concept. Like, well, you, you, step one, get page step two, question marks, question mark, question mark, step three, <laughs> step three profit white, white, hot women's division. And, you know, there's gotta be something in the middle there where the question marks are. And it doesn't feel like this heads up with Britt Baker, is is it and i'm gonna say something else is that is that Britt baker is just the exact kind of person you don't want page in a promo battle with because they are very similar if you watch pages promos or soraya's promo i mean well no i'm I'm calling her page now because i'm referring to her wwe career no and and the idea that you're bringing her in on the equity of page yes she was she was Britt baker in many ways in wwe the snarky, sarcastic, oh baby girl, you don't, you know that that kind of thing, dismissive type of promo. And when you put two promos like that together, oftentimes it's like it, it's like it, they're too similar to each other. You can't you can't have any. It, it's it's like the Spider Man pointing at himself meme. <laughs> type of I, thing. I mean, another another weak target was sort of going after the fact that Baker is a doctor and has a career outside of wrestling. Like, yes, well, why I is that dismissive? What? Right? Yeah, yeah. The DMD thing, like going after that one. It's part of her persona too. Even as a heel, everyone respects that she's you know like a, accomplished this other. And it's become of her life. part of her cool heel persona. With right? The, yeah, the yeah. It's, DMD. No, part. no one thinks it's like uncool that she's a dentist <laughs> like that, that's just not a you, reaction that she's ever gotten with hold that. on you have a career outside of wrestling because this is a carny business that might fall apart at any moment how dare you i would I just, not want you to be my dentist <laughs> like no one thinks that no one's ever thought that <laughs> so Going after yeah, who, that who, would, target, who would want who would want Britt Baker to put her hands in your mouth? Nobody. <laughs> Just the thought of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> this seems like a wholly unpleasant experience. Yes. Why would I ever want that at all? <laughs> anyway, I just yeah. The the nothing about this segment worked. And now we're at the point now where the AEW fans have turned on our giant acquisition. What are we going to do? Because, God, if they turn her heel, it would be such a, such a, oh, I was hot in the other place. And now I'm that, that kind of thing. And you're just like, oh, God, we're going to replay WWE versus AEW and all of Tony's fantasies in this feud again. That's it for me. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, a lot of like AEW to me really does sort of feel like booking for Tony, uh, rather than like booking for booking for money, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get a lot of. It feels like a lot of these men. We still don't have a complete card, by the way. For for uh, for full gear, and it's in ten or it's in a week now. And we don't have the full card, but it feels like it's just going to be a lot of guys 
in a lot of multi-person schmozzes as opposed to built-up feuds. It, Wardlow uh, and Joe. Wardlow and, and Joe was about was I was about to bring up. So yes, go on, please. Yeah, Wardlow and Joe. It. it I, I don't know. Like, Wardlow really does feel cooled off. I don't care that he's. Uh, I'm going for every single title. Um, like it, if anything, saying that with Joe behind him. Uh, was, makes him a moron. Makes him a moron. But, but <laughs> and, and but boy, did AEW do a fantastic job capturing this betrayal moment, huh? Oh yeah, because they, they, yeah. they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't those cards at all. <laughs> ever? No, 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 no. Um, you have you have Hobbs, right? You have Hobbs out there. You go to the split screen. Like like what they wanted to do is have the split screen on there. Yeah. And then in the split screen have. Joe hit Wardlow with the belt and had that be captured. But the way it actually was presented in the final product, all we see is, oh, God, what's happening? And then cut to Wardlow on the ground, Joe standing over him. We don't ever see the belt hit. Yes, and and here's another plot hole that they haven't quite addressed. So, So Wardlow says he's going after every title in this company. Joe is the Ring of Honor television champion. Is Ring of Honor a separate company? <laughs> because that'd be the best if, if Warlock goes, I didn't mean you. <laughs> Technically, you're Ring of Honor. I don't care about the, your secondary titles. There's just it, <laughs> the four way with, with, with the Jericho. Just, it does seem really stupid thinking that he'd be the priority item here, right? <laughs> And they just came together as a team like two weeks ago, and we're already breaking them up for them. We're breaking like, up. Why Swerve. would they talk about that? Like, why, why? Why would there at least be a promo that, or like, you know, a segment next week backstage where Joe's like, "Hey, what you said last week that doesn't involve me, does it?" <laughs> I took that kind of personally, and I hit you. That might have been a bit premature. Well, no, I mean now it's too late, obviously. But like, like would you like I, a gift card to Macaroni Grill? Because I feel really bad about this. Well, it's one of those other things where it's like, you know what this has become is this has become WWE's ruthless aggression angle where nobody has friends or allies. It's just everybody's going to turn on each other at any given time because that's the only way we can come up with some sort of conflict. It's- well, it's also like in place of real characterization, we yes. just have people turning on people and like that's their character. He's the yeah. guy who betrayed the other guy. <laughs> So, so let's see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we're becoming a company of Paul Orndorff's and big shows. <laughs> it's just, oh, we'll just turn on everybody every week because, you know, the title is the only important thing. I mean, they, they've already kind of screwed up the, what was kind of an interesting story with Chris Jericho going after all Ring of Honor champions. Sammy Guevara's never had a Ring of Honor title. Daniel Garcia should be in this four-way. That would be at least interesting and at least go with the story. But instead, yeah, I just, I I think you're right. Tony's booking for Tony right now. And he's, he's, you know, trying to pop a audience from week to week as opposed to build build the feud for the show. And then let's just, let's announce the card and have them feud and have them build and have them cut promos on one another as opposed to one feud with a couple of really good promos. And then everybody will find a way to get on the undercard. Like I'm sure we're going to have like 20 
you know, we're going to have like a 20 on 20 with the best friends and the death triangle and the house of black will probably be involved in it or something like that. It's like, okay, great. Everybody gets a trophy because everybody likes each other as opposed to really thinking about this card from top to bottom, getting the matches out there and then building them for the four months you have in between pay-per-views. You realize if Wardlow goes belt hunting in this company, it's going to take him like two and a half years. There's so many different titles. Well, we just had a belt hunter gimmick too with Kenny. Right. And we have a belt hunter gimmick with FTR, even though they can't ever seem to get a AEW tag title match. They can get everybody else's tag titles. It's what good is belt collecting if the belts don't matter? You know, for. I mean, we have Nyla the, Rose, who is who is the TBS champion in absentia because she she took the title. <laughs> for the problems we obviously have with the over-characterization done in WWE and sometimes the reductive characterization done in WWE, uh, it's reductive and deliberative. And AEW, for me, is showing the other side of bad characterization, which is like autopilot characterization. Yes. Sort of get, get yourself over-characterization. And stuff you just get this very very variable quality rate you know some stuff clicks you you get stuff that's landing above average like the acclaimed you have some things that are really good like moxley and mjf in terms of characterization and then you have stuff that kind of stinks like whatever the jeff jarrett thing is and whatever the soraya thing is and I mean, a, a lot of this stuff is just not great. Uh, they rely on the goodwill of the audience. And, and the Dark Order uh, yeah. is not good characterization. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about Preston Vance. <laughs> hey, and do you not care that, that, that Johnny Hunky can't keep a straight face when calling him a roosh bag? It's just, right, yeah, no, it's <laughs> autopilot characterization. And, and there's just no sense of deliberativeness it's it's more like are we all having a good time doing this? yes and we're not wwe we're not that evil company we're all the good we're the good time company right and and, and good wrestling means we're all having fun I, yeah. I don't necessarily sometimes good art doesn't involve i mean you can't sustain a we're not all having fun dynamic forever but sometimes doing good work slash good art um, it doesn't necessarily involve everybody all having a grand old time. Sometimes it's just. I want to believe that the people feuding actually don't like each other. That's all I want. It's it's a very low bar to clear, and I get that with MJF and Moxley. I don't get that with any other feud in this company. Yeah, and, and there's just you know many different factions that I think would really benefit from a more deliberative form of characterization. Like I, I don't think. Death Triangle with Are We Gonna Use the Hammer? It's a super <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Do you want to use the hammer? Is there character? Hey, look, this this match is no DQ. So you gotta use the hammer. No, no, sir. I am gonna do this the honorable way, even though we've announced it's no DQ and we're putting over on TV that it's no DQ. Phoenix's character right now is does not want to use a hammer. Yes. Has a brother. That's his character. Yes. That's That's not enough. Yes. Yes. Lucha Underground did so much more with the characterization of this guy. 
and the yeah. characterization of his brother as well. The characterization of his brother is why he's in AEW right now. I mean, and, and, and you're right. A lot of it is trading on goodwill too. A lot, like, like it's really, I think, underappreciated how it passed equity, goodwill. We don't want this to fail. Uh, and, and like a heartfelt thing that you and I both share of, it's important to have uh, for a robust industry to exist. You need more than one business, and so it yes. is good that AEW exists. Um, but goodwill should not spare a organization for criticism any more than like goodwill should spare nwa from criticism and we were critical of their management uh through the jim Cornette crisis and have been critical of their management since and is uncle dave giving us a good review i think us? there's a lot to i don't that. think so i think there's a lot to that though oh yeah yeah the, uh, no i i yeah no I, i'm with you on that too um i i, I think it's it's weird it does sort of sometimes feel like it's tony's show show for dave a little bit yeah yeah. It really does. Um, and I don't have anything else for, oh, well, well, we have NXT. Uh, you, you had NXT notes. I, I, I watched. Yeah. That. Okay. So like of the three shows this week, I, the cover in my head, as I say this, yes, th this was the most, most enjoyable one of the three. Scary. Like, isn't it? It, it, it? It's not that I love this show either. Right. Not, I'm not saying this. It's there's like giant I, holes that are in this show. Trust me. Yeah, and there's a talent, that, uh, you know, vacuum at times yeah for sure but like every segment made for me the reason this was the most enjoyable is that like every segment just made sense and continuations of the story that they're trying to tell whether you're talking about joe gacy defeating cameron grimes totally fine match uh, you know exactly what you think it's going to be gacy's a cringe character but it makes sense yeah man makes sense um electra lopez defeating sol ruka question wow. using sol ruka in this in this deployment here but you need you need to rebuild electra lopez so uh i, I mean i would have used someone less well known than ruka but yes. uh yeah that, that that i thought was the, the mistake there but it might be that they've now realized that Ruka's not ready for prime time and this is what it, the way to get her off right right and then you know now we're sort of like you know getting hartwell back into babyface territory which is a good move um i think hartwell is actually you know like a, a good babyface for this division um look uh dempsey versus andre chase uh it's funny watching hudson duff throwing the towel through the ropes like <laughs> Um, How hard is it to throw a towel? It, throw you just it over. throw it up and over. Yes. I know. Jeez Louise, you're like six and a half feet tall, too. I... He probably has a six-week course on throwing a towel before you get to level two throwing the towel. I I hope that there's a segment. You, Duke in... Hudson, back to level one towel throwing. No, I hope that there's a segment in Chase U about towel throwing. Uh, and like they make they make Hudson go to remedial towel throwing class. <laughs> um, I mean, look, taught by fine. Ole Anderson or something. <laughs> uh, you know, like like I thought it, be, beyond that, I also thought it was just like a little herky jerky having Chase be like, "Don't do this," and like that 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 was not a great finish, but like a, a, a logical progression of that story. Um, I think Dempsey's good in this role too. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what they kind of do with dempsey uh I, I like him i think dempsey eventually becomes a hero now that they don't have bodie oh that could be really interesting and that duke's the false prophet and it's actually dempsey who's the good guy or what if they well see the the, the less interesting one is if they make duke the hero 
Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Because Duke Hudson, look, I like his size. He just hasn't shown me anything. <laughs> no, uh, no, the stuff that he's best at's like he's like comedy goofball. And I don't, you know, I, I just I have questions about the tread of the tires of that thing. Um, Stacks versus Hank. Uh, I, I Hank works not... for me. I'm sorry. Right? I know. I, I I was about to say, like, no, I'm covering my head again. This I was not expecting much. This was better than what I was expecting. If you thought if you had told me we're just gonna we're gonna bring out a security guard, we're gonna call him Hank, and he's gonna get over by being Hank. You go, you're stupid. You're an idiot. No, nope. his fire's good. His fire's good. Yeah, his fire's good. Uh, and Lorenzo and the dynamic with him and D'Angelo, it's interesting. It's dimensional. Well, you know, it's, I'm not, wouldn't say it's like, it's hyper- two mob bosses who don't like each other, which is very interesting. Yeah. Like, like, but like, there's also like a weird love too. But yeah. like, like, like Tony does, it's like Tony wants to be like the mob boss, but like, I think he's slowly realizing that Lorenzo is actually his friend. I, it's kind of where I think this is going. Like, yeah. He's act- not my underling. He's my friend. Yeah. He's that. actually my friend and I respect yeah. it. Yeah. It, no, like I, 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 liked this match i thought i thought it did it, it, it's characterization it's characterization it's interesting even the creed like, brothers still remain the best thing on this show though. yes and that and, and that was that was my favorite segment like, like the five minutes alone thing where i was singing pantera in my head as this was going on <laughs> five minutes alone like yeah like, like yes um th- this is great i love brutus i brutus and david kemp i'm like give me more of this these two guys can beat the crap out of each other till the end of time as far as i'm concerned um no this this, this is good stuff that, like like I, nice progression of this story i i that's this is a good angle oh mcdonough axiom totally fine totally fine Rebuilding, uh, rebuilding McDonough has been a very interesting challenge. I think they've met most of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's, it's. Like, I don't like the crazy part of the McDonough character because I think that's stupid. But being vicious, yes, I, I'd rather him be sadistic than yes. crazy. Yes. yes. Um, and then Carter and Chance. Uh, I, I mean, like beating Stark and Lions. I, I, I think I would be more like you knew where this was going yes but one the crowd like is not into nikita enough to where they were booing zoe they made the wrong casting choice yeah nikita yeah. needed to be the one to turn yeah and i don't mean in a swerve way i mean this entire time because people kind of want to boo her yeah they don't want to bo- zoe stark has too much goodwill especially after the whole EO thing where it's like, why are they presenting her like this? Blah, blah, blah. She's in, she's inherently more likable than Nikita Lyons. Um, and it's not that Nikita Lyons is bad. No, Nikita Lyons actually would be a really great monster heel champion. Yes. She is built like a monster heel. And, and she's you- athletic. And like you could totally, uh, it, it, the heel slower heel style would really showcase some of her more athletic moments that like really do look dominating. She's Naya with a little bit more talent. Yeah. I'd say more than a little bit more. Yeah. She's got, she got much better mobility. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, she's not I'm, killing her coworkers. No, no. I, yeah, no, I, I, to I, our I, knowledge. Yeah. To our, I mean, actually, if anything, from what we've seen, like uh, a lot of times the kicks are 
badly captured on film and look better in person mm -hmm. um, or from, from different angles and stuff. So no, like I actually think Nikita stacks quite favorably to Naya uh, and that's where she should be cast. And it's like, yeah, like Zoe, I mean, if anything, she kind of feels like at this point for, for this division, kind of like almost like a top baby face type, like, you know, like she should be the one who is sort of the, the banner holder for the division uh, going up against the, uh, you know, ingrates of toxic attraction or whatever. It's like right. her, her and Alba fire should be like friends. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think there's a miscast. I think they're going to, they're going to come to that conclusion sooner than later. I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, <clears throat> and that could result in a really interesting double turn. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Alba fire a lot. She's better as a heel, but there needs to be more than one baby face here. And there's uh, no offense to Carter and chance. They're a great tag team, but I mean, in terms of a solo star, you know, you need a one and two, you don't just need a one. And I yeah, think and, and Nikita's just not the top baby no, face. No, She's, no, no. As we just discussed, I think there's a really interesting case for her as a top heel, but she's just, her style is not enough to be top baby face. You, you need someone like Dakota Kai, not, not, you know, like five years ago or whatever. W w it was, is the type of kind of character you need as top baby face. Bailey, you know, Sasha Banks, a little smaller, more athletic, wanted to do high spots. Um, you know, Io, Io Strai, like, like the, these are your top baby face types for this sort of organization, especially in a land populated with toxic attraction. Mandy Rose, like the, the quote unquote, not great worker or whatever. Um, Nikita, I mean, like, you know, part of the problem with her as a top baby face is like, who are you bringing in as the monster heel for Nikita Lyons to go up against? Yeah. Lash legend. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. I'm there's just, there's no one on the horizon. And it feel, feels like that's they, that Zoe Stark is what they wanted. Uh, Sol Ruka to come in and be immediately. And she's just not ready for it. So why do that right now? Just leave Zoe as a baby face. It's, 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 it's a little baffling, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. No, hypothetically, right? Like if, if Zoe was like, I, I could see Zoe as a top heel in this division. Um, like she'd be a really fun heel champion, like, like a super intense Zoe Stark, just like, like a super intense bully in terms killer. of stretching yeah, yeah. people. No, not, no nonsense killer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of like a Serena deep type. Yeah. Very much so. But yeah, uh, that's all the time we're going to give to shake them ropes and follow me on Twitter. Still. It's not yet a festering dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, uh, rapid speed though. Huh? Well, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm optimistic. At crap game 13. Oh, yeah. uh, that's uh, I always say that about you, Jeff, the optimist at crap game 13. <laughs> Why don't you do your plugs while I recompose my <laughs> Instagram.com slash doctor underscore Nove, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore Nove. Uh, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash D-W-A-T-G, where I am putting up uh, stuff from the EP that will be coming out. We are actually now earnestly in the mastering phases, like mastering is occurring. Uh, I, I have heard passes on these tracks. I'm really excited. So EP will be out 
uh probably i i think i might do like new year's day or something as like the official release but i'll you know have maybe an advanced copy up there patreon.com slash dwatg basically right now if you sign up you can hear it all for free because i haven't put out an episode don't worry about the government in a minute uh but i will and um, bucket shows all i ask for that um and i'm on twitter but like uh, that's also going to be sacked off at some point and that's at dwatg that, that, that is not long for the world We'd like to thank uh, HelloFresh once again. Use code VOW65 for 65% off and free shipping. Next week, full gear preview. Plus, Jeff's going to Vegas. And as I always say, quoting my dear friend Jeff Hawkins, stay positive, people. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc